0: You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Power Cat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
2: Welcome to another edition of the PowerCat postgame podcast, the last one for the 2021 season. As we look back at the game Kansas State football just played, and I am Go PowerCat publisher Tim Fitzgerald, and I'll be joined shortly by former Kansas State offensive lineman Brian Hanley. He, of course, played on those historic 1997 and 98 K-State football teams that elevated K-State into national prominence on the football front. And we're sponsored by Caddyshack Golf, where Caddyshack's been doing this for a couple years now. We love them. If you like great K-State apparel, K-State apparel that not everyone has, that isn't like what everyone else has, the Golfin' Willie logo is probably something you might want to check out. Caddyshack Golf actually owns the trademark to that specific logo, so you can only get it through them caddyshack Golfware. it's caddy with two t's visit caddyshack golf for all of your officially licensed golfing willy apparel accessories and more use code gpc for free shipping on your next order thank you to brett and everyone over at caddyshack golf for the incredible merchandise and apparel and golf accessories that they provide to k-staters Kansas State wins the Texas Bowl 42-20 over LSU on Tuesday night at NRG Stadium in Houston. Myself and the Go Powercat crew were on hand to cover it for you at gopowercat.com. And Brian Hanley made the drive from his home in Frisco, Texas, down to Houston to watch the Cats play in person. It was a great and fun night to be a Wildcat in Houston. But, as I will ask Brian in just one moment... LSU fans are a little bit salty that K-State's happy it won the game. Fans are happy. The team's happy. The coaches are happy. You played a bowl game, and you're happy you won. And now we bring in the offensive lineman himself, Mr. Brian Hanley, who uh, has helped us out for a couple seasons now, Brian. First of all, thank you for that as we wrap up season two of this sports sure. game podcast, which I've greatly enjoyed. Let's just launch into this. Kansas State wins 42-20. It was a nice win for K-State. The Wildcats finished 8-5 and five on the season. LSU, yeah, it, it was depleted. I get it. I get all that. But just give me your opening thoughts on this game and maybe what it meant for the program. Well,
3: first off with the game, I thought that the guys came out and played well. LSU didn't have their guys, uh, and you could see it. They still had some players. Don't get me wrong. They were depleted. I understand all that. But first off, that's not our problem. Um, you know, they should have never accepted the bowl game. I'm not talking about not playing in the game. They should have just never accepted to go because I'm pretty sure they had a good idea on who was going to come, who wasn't going to be eligible and all that kind of stuff, not COVID stuff. I'm just talking about ineligible players, players going to transfer all that stuff. I'm guessing they had a good idea, but Having said that great win for us, you know, that's not our problem. What they had, I thought the guys played well, they played hard. And for the program, I was telling everybody, I'm like, you know what? In two years, nobody's going to know or care that LSU didn't have their players when they see this bowl game result. That's good for recruiting. All it's going to say is K-State blew out LSU. That's all anybody's going to see. That's all we need to tell anybody. It's good for us. It was. It's a good win. It's a good for recruiting. It's good to get that bad, just horrible taste out of our mouth from the Texas game. I think it was just good for everybody, a good way to send off the season and to build for the future. I mean, it's it's a win all the way around, I think, and I don't care who was out there. I just think for K-State, it was great. They played great, and I loved everything about it.
2: Amen. That's well put. Very well put. I, I'm just uh, astonished at the revisionist history about LSU. Look, they tried to win the game. I mean, if they had of won the game, they, they were going to be excited. Uh, and the fact that so many LSU fans and members of the media are offended that K-State fans are happy their team won. Here's one of my responses. And I'll, I had a daily delivery about this. I mentioned it in other parts of editorial content at Cat. But look, every program is in a different position in its growth process. Yep. Whether that growth process is trying to regain being a program capable of winning double-digit games, winning Big Twelve titles, maybe in an expanded playoff, getting into the field because without a brand name, that is almost impossible. In fact, I think Cincinnati's the first non-brand name to make it into the playoffs. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, and LSU's depleted. LSU had a coach that mismanaged the program within years of winning a national title. The roster fell apart. The transfer portal's part of the game now. Players left for greener pastures. Players opted out because they're NFL draft worthy. Honestly, a problem K-State doesn't have. Honestly. I mean, that's just where the programs are right now. If you're going to recruit guys that are worthy of playing in the NFL and maybe wanting that to be their ultimate goal, well, then this goes with it. This is part of that process. You can't thump your chest about all the players we have in the NFL, which LSU is amazing at that, and then complain that the players sit out. You you just can't. Um, nope. That is part of what your program is about. That's cool. That's fine. That's great. I, I'm sure K-Staters would accept that downside to getting a bunch of four and five-star players. Um, I understand that. And also, uh, just to be clear, I, I ask our Ryan Wallace, our recruiting expert, Um, did LSU play this game despite only 39 scholarship players or whatever the number is, it seems to move around. Um, Did LSU play this game with more four and five star consensus recruits than K-State has ever had? Yes was his answer. Maybe it's close over the, over the entire course of the program. Maybe just maybe K-State has recruited more four and five star players, but for now, LSU clearly had more talent on the field and that's the way the game was played.
3: Yep. I I just, you're 100% correct. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying it. It's the truth. And just like you said, if they had won the game, first of all, if they would have won the game, I I don't know what I would have done. Just just to be honest with you, (laughs) I I don't know what I would have done. I'll just leave it at that. But the second of all, It's not like they didn't try. And third of all, again, like I mentioned before, you knew what was going to happen. And first of all, I do thank them for playing the game because they didn't have to. Because we saw other teams that just completely just backed out altogether. So I do give them credit for actually going ahead and playing. But I still believe that they knew guys were going to either transfer opt out and weren't eligible. They knew those things. They shouldn't have accepted to go to to even play in the game. They just just shouldn't have accepted it. And just as you mentioned earlier, guys opting out every year because they can go to the NFL again. I don't begrudge anybody for doing that because if that's how you're going to try to secure your future, by all means, that's exactly what you should do. Then if LSU is going to have those numbers and then turn around and then complain about it, then, unless you're in the playoff, where clearly guys aren't going to opt out if they're going to the playoff, then just don't go to any ball games anymore. If if that's your thinking, if that's how you think it, just don't go anymore. Pretty simple.
2: I agree. Let's talk about the game. How about that? Uh, sure. I, it just sticks in my craw. I've seen some. I, I've seen some of the worst uh, social media posts and message board posts from fan base I've ever seen. Wishing, it's ridiculous. Wishing players died in plane crashes. Yes. Cancer, wishing just horrible things simply because K-State played a game that was scheduled at LSU's request. Period. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Unbelievable. The, all K-State did was show up and be happy about uh, a victory. And again, I was on the field at the end of the game trying to do it. One of my post-game walk-in talks, and the LSU band was playing over the top of the start of the the trophy ceremony. So this seems to be a sore loser gene embedded into Baton Rouge, and that's cool. That's fine. fine. Yeah. Go go be you. You're in the mighty SEC. Have fun. Uh, Brian Kelly is a horrible hire. There we go. I said it.
3: I put it out. Yeah,
2: and it's it's they're gonna see you give it three years and they're
3: gonna be looking for another
2: one. I, look, I'm not saying Brian Kelly's a bad <laughs> coach. He's a great coach. He's had success wherever he's gone. Yeah, but he's not it's a great not coach for the there. SEC. That's right. It's not gonna work there, particularly in a culture that is so obviously southern. And uh, it's just not going to work. Okay. So we go to the game now, and K-State comes out and does something uh, that was caught me off guard. They won the toss. They took the ball. We haven't seen that in a long time because Bill Snyder, like Chris Kleiman, I don't remember what Ron Prince did. I I kind of blocked it. Um, (laughs) uh, Always likes to defer. You take the ball because our goal is to score to end the first half and score to open the second half because you mathematically can't overcome back-to-back scores if we take care of business. And that's that's a pretty simple philosophy in which I agree totally. Chris Kleiman said, this game's different. We want the ball. We want Skylar Thompson on the field, healthy, ready to go, so we can move it up the field. Now, it wasn't easy. I mean, LSU's defense, again, was very talented and incredibly fast, even though they were inexperienced. I'll I'll. Grant him that. It took K-State, what, 11 plays to move 75 yards, the last 25 of which was a catch on a nice pass by Skylar Thompson to identify an open guy under pressure, which Sky did throughout the game. LSU got pressure on him. Um, And Malik Knowles took it 25 yards for the touchdown. How important was that drive for K-State?
3: I think it was – did basically set the, the tone for the entire football game because they came out, played well. And like you said, they got pressure. I mean, LSU, again, they had guys. They did. But we handled it and went right down the football field. And I just think it just said, you know what, guys? We're here. We're ready to play. We're better than they are. And let's go out here and prove that we're better than they are. And I think that it just set the tone. Just set the tone for the whole game. It was great.
2: It was Awfully, awfully fun to see um, because it it answered a few questions Kansas State had coming into the game. Question one, how healthy actually is Skylar? Are they just saying he's the healthiest he's been all year? Well, it became pretty obvious the way he was moving around. He was right. at a healthy point. And the way he was throwing the ball means he probably had more confidence in that torn pec. And by the way, he admitted after the game it was a torn pec, something they had never actually said, even though we've reported that, which is a horrible injury. Just almost impossible to come back for a quarterback when it's your throwing arm, and he did. Um, Also, it answered this. Will Colin Klein be able to offer something different to this offense that will – inspire it and give it a better opportunity to score and win games. And right away we understood that the play calling was a little bit more nuanced and yep. that the offense seemed more locked in for the start of the game than typical, typical, you know, they just actually they did. looked completely prepared. And finally was the play calling going to be um, not too radical you know it, like i 've been saying, this has been my metaphor from day one. Colin Klein inherited a set of paints and painted something entirely different than his predecessor and yep. it, they didn 't change the offense; they just used the offense and Skyler was great. The weapons were uh involved throughout the game. He spread the ball around, ten different receivers caught passes, and uh it was it was brilliant to watch. I guess where I'm going here is after that first drive, what were your initial impressions as Colin Klein as interim offensive coordinator?
3: I thought it was, I mean, it was just refreshing. I mean, you didn't know. And I know some people had said, you know, you get a month. That's not enough time to do anything. I'm like, yeah, actually it is. I'm not saying you're going to change the offense, but it's enough time to put in nuances and put your spin on what you want to do and call it differently. Just use the entire offense. Like you said, just use it. There's nothing wrong with the offense. It's literally, but you got to use it and you got to use it right. And you got to be different and unpredictable and do things that you don't think, you know, that you don't normally do or wouldn't normally do just Don't be afraid to be aggressive. And I think that's the best word is that we were aggressive. And when you're aggressive, you know, when you need to be in the right spots, things tend to, well, we were going to work out. I mean, we were going to beat LSU. Let's just call it what it is. We were going to beat them because we were better than them, had better players. But at the same time, it was good for Colin Klein. I've said this, people have asked me, and I just said, I don't think he should get the job based on how well we played. I think he should get the job because he's earned it because again, we were better than LSU and what he did. I think he's, earned the right to be the offensive coordinator. I don't think you can earn the right to be an offensive coordinator based on one football game. I just don't believe that. I think what he's done overall, I think he's earned that right. And I I, I just, I don't want to disrespect him and say, Hey, what you did on one game, you know, against a bunch of depl- uh, depleted football team means you earned the right to it. No, 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 no. I think he's earned the right to do it. And this just enhanced what I already thought and what a lot of people already thought. So it's good to see. It was great.
2: The players were clearly bought in. The tempo of this offense was consistent and better. They went up tempo a little bit when they needed to. They pushed it. They didn't back off the gas. They were aggressive in play calling without being reckless. They averaged 7.1 yards per play. I was amazed to see that they only ran 62 plays in the game because it felt like more, simply because the previous offense was running Closer to 48, which was LSU's total. 442 y- yards of offense. Uh, Skyler was amazing um, in his yep. ability to throw the ball. 21 of 28, three touchdowns. Uh, I, just overall, I can't point to anything that I thought um, K-State did poorly. On offense, maybe a little bit of protections, protection issues against an LSU front that was really fast and big, and and I, I, I know they gave up a couple sacks, so maybe that's the criticism, but boy, the way this was put together was awesome, but again, it's one game, but the way yes. the players bought in, the way the players reacted pre- and post-game tells me all I need to know about Colin Klein and the offensive coordinator position, and he said it before that this wasn't an audition, but I said it before, if Colin Klein kicks ass, how is he not going to hire a K-State legend? And that's pretty much right. the position Chris Kleinman's in now. If he doesn't yep. hire Colin Klein as the full-time number one OC, not a co-OC that you know helps out the real OC, the main guy, Chris Kleinman, is going to have some splaining to do because K-State yeah. fans were pretty excited about what they saw.
3: Well, I mean, if he doesn't hire him, first of all, who are you going to hire? Number one, two, you're going to have to be ready for some defections because that's going to happen. But just what you said, Fitz, it's the guys that how they responded to him, how they responded to Colin, and what he was doing, and just you could see it was just a breath of air. Well, did you think (laughs) you did? And yeah, I'm sure. I mean, he's going to change some things because, again, you always want to put your own spin on certain stuff. And that's just the way that it works. You should want to do that. Having said that, he's the guy for the job. I I just – he's the guy for the job. Look, he's been there. He knows the program. The main thing is he knows how to recruit to the program. So he's the guy for the job. It, it's just, we're going to move in, in, a, in a direction. Let's move in that direction and let's get it figured out. Because again, like you said, it is just one game, but it was a great game. And if you're, I mean, and every game is not going to be like this. So I don't want everybody to think, Oh God, we made the wrong hire. <laughs> if one game goes wrong, cause you know, that'll happen. But at the same time, it's like, look, what are we looking for here? What are we trying to do? I mean, this was a great football game. And again, just moving guys around, changing formations, changing the where we ran, how we ran, where we threw, how we threw, blocking protections. I was sitting up with an old K-State guy watching the game at the game, and we're like, yeah, they're changing some of the protections from one side to another or changing protections. Oh, they're blocking it this way. and They run the same formation, but they block it a different way. It was great. I loved it. It was awesome.
2: Yeah, a lot of that was great. Great preparation by Skyler. You could see him moving those protections around during the course of the game. It was it was so impressive. Those are the things that were important to K-State. Does Deuce Vaughn uh, stay the focal point of the offense without being the only focal point of the offense? You know what I mean? That, it felt like at times defenses yeah. could say, we're going to stop that little guy and wearing the 22 jersey, and they'll be screwed. And K-State Correct. came out, tried to run the ball with Deuce. First play okay, and then they really shut it down. LSU did a nice job. Colin Klein went to the pass, opened it back up, and eventually Deuce got his, what, 146 yards on 21 carries. So Deuce was still the the focal point of the offense without being the only thing that had that LSU had to stop, and that is a great sign. Deuce Vaughn is just Deuce Vaughn. He's a three yes, star he kid. He's about five foot seven on a good day. Um, he's he's not as big as Darren Sproles, and I, I had to answer those comparisons a little bit in pregame radio, which I appreciate and understand because Deuce, as Chris Kleiman said, is the best player in college football. Maybe overstating it a little bit, but when you look at a first team consensus all American as an all purpose player, yeah, yep. it's hard to match him, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Dufon is, is, is special. He is just a
3: special, special guy. Um, he just from all accounts. And again, I've never met him, but he, he seems like a great guy. Guys love being around him. And on the football field, there's just not a whole lot that he can't do, Fitz. I mean, the guy blocks. I mean, for being as little a guy as he is, he blocks. He runs hard. He runs in between the tackles. He's not just some guy you gotta get out on the edges. He doesn't he's not that guy. I mean, he can do that, but that's not what his thing is. He catches the ball out of the backfield so good. You can just line him up out there if you want to, put him in the slot and let him do his thing. It's like The more pub that he gets, it's obviously it's going to be better for, for K-State as a program, but it's all well-deserved. The guy is just a football player. He's just a good football player. And you don't see that a lot. He's a three-star, like you mentioned, a three-star guy that if he was four inches taller, he'd have been a five-star guy. It's just basically all it comes down to. I don't even know. I mean, if he'd have been five he'd have been a five-star guy, you know, but he's not. So here's where we are, but you know, You know, I just about a kid like that. That's my thing is that he's just a football player that knows how to play and he uses what he's got to the best of his ability because sometimes guys don't. You know, some guys they come in and they, it's not that they think that they're great, but they do a couple things well, and that's all they do. Well, he does everything well, and he excels at it. And clearly he's working on it. You know, it's not just, Hey, I'm good at this and I'll be okay at it. No, no. He's excelling at doing it. And it's just, it's, going to be good. I can't wait for next year. I literally can't wait for next year.
2: Yeah, I, I'm with you on that. Okay, offensive lineman, How did that offensive line acquit itself against a very, very athletic LSU front?
3: I think they did great. I think they did great. It's like you said, they got pressure. I mean, they got pressure, and they were going to get pressure. I mean, those guys are good. I mean, you can't block all and there was a couple of times they brought more than What are you going to do? Uh, but at the same time, I, I just thought we got after them. And we wore them down, now granted. They didn't have – they couldn't shuffle linemen and do that, that sort of thing. We just wore them down. But I think the offensive line, for the most part. I We, we beat them up. We literally beat them up.
2: And Malik Knowles, who we all recognize hasn't been getting the ball enough, um, mm-hmm. really had a nice game. Phillip Brooks led the team with five catches, including the play of the game, if you ask me, the pass to him along the, the uh, press box side boundary in the middle of three LSU defenders. It was one of those throws when you see Skyler let it loose, you're like, oh, and then he just dropped it in a bucket. Maybe yep. Yeah, it's a memorable play. But Phillip did have five catches for 69 yards, but Malik was targeted five times, had three catches, 42 yards, two touchdowns. Um, what's amazing is that yards after catch out of his 42 yards, 37 of them worth after the catch. Pretty yeah. impressive. Um, give me your thoughts on the on the receiving end. I'll get into tight ends in a second, on the receiving end of this equation. You
3: just I know we've been screaming about it all year long. You just gotta get it in their hands. Give them a chance, throw the ball down the field. So you just got to give them an opportunity. Now, some of it has been on them, They you know, not getting open. Maybe they're not healthy or whatever the case may be. And then dropping passes. I mean, that had been a little bit of an issue too, but you just got to give them an opportunity. And maybe some of the, the route combinations weren't what we wanted or what they could have been versus what we did, you know, uh, against LSU, but all in all, I thought the receivers played outstanding football. Outstanding football. They just get them the ball. Design some things to get them the ball in some space. Give them some space to run, and you see what happens. I just I thought they they played. This is the best game I've seen them play in two years. I'll be quite frankly, best game I've seen the receivers play in two years.
2: Yep, Cade Warner, three catches for a total of forty-two yards, maybe. Cade's best performance as a Wildcat. Maybe his last. He has the ability, I believe, to come back for a super senior season. I, I never thought I'd say this. I, I kind of hope he does. I Yeah. I hope he does. and <laughs> plays with his old teammate, Adrian Martinez. Landry Weber, two catches, including a crucial one on which he got his um, knee twisted up and under him or an ankle. The, the, we have a photo of it. It's not pretty. Um, you can't tell if his angle, his foot is bent back and his knee is torqued, so it could have been multiple things ending uh, his his game and possibly career. He was a senior, but he could have come back, I believe. Um, just great. Eric Hamill, a, a reserve that hasn't played much, stepped in for Landry. They were already shorthanded at receiver. Eric had a, one big catch. But It happened. It happened. A new play caller got the ball to tight ends. (laughs) Daniel Amaterbebe, two targets, two catches, 35 yards. Sammy Wheeler, one catch, um, 12 yards. Nick Lenners, two targets, one catch, five yards. Ben Sinnott, H-back, plays a lot of fullback, but he really is a tight end back there, Uh, including um, a really his one catch for four yards was a little um, RPO Pitch forward for a pass on a on a third down in which they you know it was right out of the Chiefs playbook. I mean, it's not a unique play, but the Chiefs run it a lot. Where it looked like you're going to go option the corner and then you pitch it forward to a receiver for a first down. It's it was really good, man. You got to get the ball to those guys. Yes, it, it yep. just it it not just because it's fair and it's nice and it makes them feel good. It screws up the defense. Period. Yes. Nobody likes
3: to, for the tight end to be the tight end to catch footballs on them. Nobody likes it. Just I mean, because literally we're tight ends. They're running down the middle of your defense. You don't like when somebody's just gutting your defense. Like, and that's that's just what happens, man. You got to get those guys the football. We've been screaming for it and screaming for it. And by God, they threw them the football and they were wide. I mean, there were times since they were wide open just running and spent nobody around. I'm like, you know what? It's good. And there were times they were covered too, but they were throwing it to them and they were catching it. It's just, you gotta use your tight ends, man. They are so vital to an offense because if they weren't, nobody would have them on the roster, you know? And I know people will They're an extra line, but no, they're not, not, not all the time. Anyway, not all the time. You need those guys to, to catch those tough passes that you're throwing down the middle of the field, you know, or wide open crossing routes, which. We, it seemed like we had a cover. I was just like, man, this is great. I love it. I love it. I love it.
2: Hey, man, brother. Let's take a little pause right now on the PowerCat Post game podcast sponsored by Shack Golf. I'm Fitz. He is Brian Hanley, and we will be right back.
1: GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat podcast continues after this short break.
0: eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential?
1: Welcome back to the PowerCat Podcast. Now, let's return to the GPC Studios.
2: Welcome back to the Power Cat Post Game Podcast, sponsored by Caddyshack Golf. For K-Staters, by K-Staters, jackets, hats, polos, T-shirts, golf accessories. Caddyshack Golf, wear caddy with two Ts. Visit Caddyshack Golf. Use code GPC for free shipping on your next order. Let's... Turn our attention now to the K-State defense, which was good. I mean, it was... Really nice to see them come out and get three and outs on the first two drives, and you know at one point LSU had hardly even touched the ball in K State was up fourteen nothing, and that right. that's what a defense does for you. Let's just set the tone, let's get it going early. Now LSU came down and scored in the first half. I thought it was a nice play. Yes, the receiver pushed off. I thought the the refs are like here's here's a little sympathy touchdown. I really felt that way. It, it was obviously pass interference in my book, but so be it. Um, looking back, at didn't really matter at all. 21 to 7 at half. K-State comes out in the second half, shuts down LSU again. They were starting to move the ball a little bit, but they weren't getting close enough to score and K-State got it 42 to 7. Defense not a perfect day, not a great day, but considering they had no idea in reality who was going to play quarterback for the Tigers going up against a kind of a speedy option based guy that hadn't played since high school but was an incredible athlete and my hat a tip of my hat to Jontre Kirkland because he was a man before during and after the game an absolute man in how he handled everything but i thought the defense was good not great your thoughts
3: i, I thought they were good i mean it's hard to get a a barometer when you know that the the opposing quarterback can't throw the football. So, I mean, playing a a wide receiver at quarterback makes it difficult and they kept running it and they kept running it. But I just thought the guy, I mean, the, the game wasn't in doubt when we when or I should take that back when the game was in doubt. I thought the defense put the hammer down on them. They gave up a touchdown there in the second quarter. Uh, but other than that, the guys came out, put the hammer down and didn't allow them to do what they were trying to do. And again, I know we can talk about oh, they were depleted. They had guys that could run the football. I mean, those guys were fast. And you could see the guys and they were getting guys in the ball in their hands. I mean, those guys were shifty were fast. They had guys in front but I just thought the defense did an outstanding job of just shutting down what they were trying to get accomplished.
2: Special teams did a nice job in this game. Ty Zintner had to step in and place kick. He started the year as a third string place kicker. He's doing kickoffs and punts, but um, shortly before the game, I think the day before the game, Chris Tennant tested positive for COVID. um, So he had to sit it out Uh, and, I thought Ty did a really nice job. He missed a swing on a punt pretty badly, but um that's okay. Jack Bloomer came in and, and boomed a punt. And really the the biggest disappointment was Malik Knowles didn't get his kickoff return. He took a bad angle, cut the wrong way. Right. Ran right into the place kicker. Something that'll yep. just haunt him for he had it. for a long time. He <laughs> had it. If he just turned it out, he probably would outrun him, but um Special Teams did its job. I expected more glory, but then that's not how the game played out. But who's greedy, right?
3: (laughs) Yeah, I thought special teams did a good job. They just I mean, they did their job. Like I said, it's could have had that, that kickoff return and you're right. I mean, when he got into the locker room, I'm gonna guarantee you they gave it to him. There's no chance that they did, that the guys gave it to him. Having said that though, they they did their job. I mean, uh, yeoman's work I, we wanted more but again the game didn't permit us to do that so it is what it is
2: right. k-state finishes the season eight and five as chris klyman said eight and five is much better than seven and six something apparently iowa state fans thought was a shot at them no it's about mm-hmm. k-state football it's <laughs> unbelievable it's about k-state football uh because eight wins was a nice step for a program picked seventh in the conference. Let's remember that they were picked seventh in the big 12 finished in the upper half, won a bowl game, got to eight wins. Give me your thoughts after three full seasons of Chris Kleiman, even though the one in the middle was the COVID mess. How is the program coming along in his hands?
3: I think that for where we were, you, you got to start back at the beginning of the season Fitz. If you'd have told us that we were going to win eight games at the beginning of the season, I think that everybody would have been happy about it. So you can't look and, and dive into the season and dissect it and, and pick out parts and say, Oh, we should have done this. Should have done that. No, no. Here's what we thought at the beginning of the year. If we can get to eight wins, it's a good season. I think it's a good season. And I, I, I'm still saying it's a good season. Having said that the program or having said that we could have won some games that maybe we, we didn't, but having said that the program is going in the right direction program is going in the right direction. And I'm, I think all K state fans should be happy for what they've seen, not just this football game, but this football game can build momentum. You know, I think that's where, You don't want to lose fans as far as I'm not talking about not rooting for K-State anymore. What I'm talking about, you don't want to lose fans and thinking, hey, we blew out LSU and that's great. No, it's about the trajectory of the program and building the momentum. And that's what you take into the next year. When I was playing back, and I know it was a long time ago, but when we won the Fiesta Bowl, That carried us into spring practice. And then that carried us into next season. And that's what you need to build on your program. You always want to be going up. You don't want to be going, you know, plateau, or definitely don't want to be going down. You want to be going up and building momentum. And you got to build momentum again. You got to build it any way you can. And this is the way that we can do that right now. And I mean, It's just a weird deal, as you mentioned, with that whole COVID thing in the middle because it just zapped zapped us, I want to say, probably more than 70% of other teams in the country just did. And it's just it's crazy. And and to build on top of that with the transfer portal, everything's wild. Well, you know what? We just got to start here. We're on the right trajectory. I think everything's moving forward. We've gotten some transfers that have come in. We'll probably get some more. Well, we're gonna lose some guys. I'm sure it's just the way that it works. But I just think I, I just think that things are just moving in the right direction. This is a good win, a good momentum builder for everybody to feel good. Now, we can't lay an egg, you know, with the rest of the recruiting. We gotta keep going. And but I think winning this it just makes everybody feel good. And that's what you want at the end of the season. You want to feel good about it. You don't want to feel bad about it. And that's, I think that's the main thing to take away is that everybody feels good. And if we're feeling good, we're playing good, we're recruiting good, and the program's moving good.
2: Am I off base with that? No, not at all. I, I okay. you know, that Texas game, I, I think, pissed off the K State locker room. It,
3: Absolutely.
2: Um, because there was no way they should have won, lost that game. There's no way they should nope. have lost that game. They had to gift it, and they—I think they feel like they gifted it, honestly. And I, I love Courtney missing him. I'm just going to say that I think he is a great man, but his play calling stunk in the game. It just absolutely stunk to the point where a change had to be made. So maybe right. uh, again, LSU fans, you can learn from that. Maybe sometimes that low point. So that you can have better times ahead. Um yeah. and that's kind of what K State has been through in its history and it's had some great times. But I like where the program's going. The thing the thing I like the most, Brian, is a locker room. The the locker room was yeah. everyone's locker room last year was tested. Uh before sure. COVID. Things going on, you know, that distracted players. There was just so much motion and just right. just commotion all through the society. And it spilled into college athletics. Trying to rebuild your locker room. And it sounds like LSU wasn't able to do that. And K-State, Chris Kleiman did that. I said this on one of my walk and talks after the game. I've never heard coaches and players openly express to each other I love you as much as I've heard, which is, you know, something new for men. It's something that I appreciate that, mm-hmm. that guys now can say openly like that. Uh, but this locker room was so well bonded and bought in. And I think that's Chris Kleiman's greatest job that he's done so far is he knows that the it all starts in that locker room. If you've got a poisonous locker room that LSU apparently had this season, it. It ruins you. It doesn't matter how much talent you have. It ruins you. You're not a team. K-State really was a team this year through thick and thin, through those three losses early in the year. And I think that can carry over from season to season. Bill Snyder always said it. Every team's different. Every locker room's different. You have to manage it every season. You can't ignore it or you lose it. And he is right, and Chris Kleiman gets it. But, boy, Brian – Having a cohesive locker room, something you enjoyed in your two years at k state, yes, is, is almost half the battle, isn't it
3: absolutely absolutely here's what I can say for me personally, I can talk about it in two different lights because i in high school i had i just went to a high school that has a lots and lots of success with basketball, and I played basketball. And we had a locker room that everybody didn't always like everybody. And that was in high school. And, but when it came time to play, we got along enough in the locker room. And that's what guys don't understand. It's you don't have to be best buddies. And I think that's what people think of when they talk about the locker room, they think, well, you know, everybody's always hanging out with everybody. It's not always that it's just, you know what? We could have had a fist fight. 10 minutes ago and we walk inside that locker room and we are best buddies because we are trying to to either get better in practice or we're trying to go win a football game. And that's what it is, is you just have to understand and come together and just, you know what, we're here to win. I'm going to be your best buddy while we're here. And that's what it is. Now there's that side of it. And then there's the other side of it where everybody just loves everybody, which makes it even better. You know, cause a lot of times the other way you have to have really, really mature people to understand that kind of concept. Well, at college, I'll just be the first one to tell you as my personal experience, I wasn't a very mature guy. <laughs> so I just had to love everybody, you know, to get along with everybody. And for the most part, that's what you have in a good locker room is that everybody loves everybody. So to have that, And you're right. It is new. Because, you know, when I was playing, guys weren't telling everybody they loved each other. That just wasn't part of it. That's just not what society was about at that time. Well, now it is. And that's okay. And I think it's awesome. And for the guys to care about each other that way, it just... it it, it changes everything about your football team, man. It just does. It just makes things so much easier to get better, you know, because I can tell Fitz, Hey, you know what? You blocked it this way. Have you thought about blocking it that way? Oh yeah. You know what, Brian? I never thought about that or vice versa. You can say those things to each other without it being you, you know, you're, you're critiquing versus criticizing. And I take it as critiquing versus criticizing because there's a huge difference. And, you know, I could literally say the same thing to somebody and one person take it one way and another person takes it another. And, and that is the way, you know, that's how you have a cohesive locker room when everybody understands, Hey man, if I say something to you, I'm not getting on you. I just want to help you. And that's the difference is, and I, you can see that in the case that you can see that with the team. And again, I'm not around the team. I don't have the the access, or I don't know that I even want to have the access. Cause that's not my thing to be able to do that. I, I just like looking from the outside in and you can see the the guys really, really care about each other, man. And that locker room it's last year. You could tell, Fitz. You, you could, you could, you could just tell. It was like, it was like walking on pins and needles. Well, it wasn't like that. It was like walking on cotton this year, and that's a difference.
2: I love it. I love it. Look, I, I cringe at too many military references uh, with sports, but uh, in terms of team building, um, I think this is important to say. And my metaphor for this: th- there are times in conflict when you're so thankful that you have a certain guy next to you in the foxhole, yeah. but you would never invite him to your wedding. Those That's exactly right. And, That's and, right. And when you step on uh, a battlefield, much more important than sports, or a football field, um, having the right guys in the foxhole with you, it says it all, and I think <laughs> K-State players would agree with that. Absolutely. Uh, look, LSU played with more NFL talent than K-State in this game, even though Look, they're they're young and they're inexperienced. I get all that. I understand. But they still played with a ton of NFL talent. When I say NFL player, K-State roster, who do you think of?
3: Well, the first thing, I go to the line. Good point. Uh, I I think we've got linemen that are going to play. But I don't know. I mean, Deuce Vaughn's going to get his opportunity but I I don't know how many guys are going to play in the NFL fits. I just don't know. I mean, I'm not saying that none of them can. That's not what I'm trying to say. I'm just saying when I, when you look at K state, you think of them, I think linemen, we're going to have a few, but other than that, I don't know. I, I just don't know that we have that kind of talent yet. I just don't, I don't know.
2: Yeah, you know, when you stop and look at it, and this is a great context for K-State fans to understand, and and how things have changed with the program through the years because some of those great teams, your team, put so many guys in the league. It's just overwhelming right. when you go back and look at it. It's absolutely incredible. But last year's best player, Wyatt Hubert, was a seventh-round pick. And Correct. That's the context you need to address here. Look, I think Russ Yeast might make it. Uh, he's just an incredibly smart Safety, a little undersized for the league, but I can see him maybe making a team. Daniel Green, I think, has a future. He wants to come back for a senior season to prove himself a little bit. I get that, and I appreciate that. A um, little undersized at linebacker, maybe a safety in the league. We'll we'll see. We'll see. Um, of course, I think Felix Anuduke Uzama, if he continues to physically enhance himself, gets a little bit bigger, cut out a little bit more. Uh, he's got the explosiveness to play, but all those guys, there's no guarantees there. There's never a guarantee. No. But there's no oh yeah, he's he's a, he's in the league. He's no. Absolutely. You know, we all knew that about Darren Sproles. We all knew that right. about Jordy Nelson and right. Tyler Lockett. We that's that that guy can play. It doesn't matter what his size is or or any other intangible or tangible. He's a player. Deuce right. probably is, even though he's so small. I mean, he's small by Darren Sproles' standards. Um, right. Daniel baby. I I think was greatly underused this season, and has another is another one of those guys Malik Knowles, another one of those guys. Go prove yourself, you can do it. But yeah, as surefire hits, no, no man, it's incredible nope. what what the, and that's K State football though. That's that's the process of getting to the The goal of getting more guys that can play in the league, correct, and, and that's what I like about this season. It seemed like a journey, a step forward, putting K State back in the upper half of the conference where it needs to be, and now it can continue to climb and pick off some teams, and then the the makeup of the league will change. and And Brian, this is where I want to get your thoughts. How important is it that K State is on the upward trajectory? As we near, and we still don't know when the date is, the departure of Oklahoma and Texas and the introduction of three or four new teams, which will, will happen in maybe 2023, um, how important is it to be going in the right direction right when the composition changes?
3: It's gigantic. It's, it is just huge. you got to be going in the right direction because I'll just be honest, those teams that are coming in, are not bad football teams. So they're not going to just be coming in here as just run of the mill. We're adding some teams to the conference so we can say we have some numbers. Those are going to have some, I mean, those teams are going to have some football players that we're going to have to compete with. So we need to get into the upper echelon to get this thing moving even more in the right direction. So it, I mean, it's, it's extremely important because like I said, I mean, you can say what you want about Cincinnati. Okay. And where it is and and what they have, they were, but they were in the college playoff this year. You can say what you want about Houston. You know, Houston has put out some good NFL players here recently and it's Houston. If they can get guys that, Hey, you know what? We're in the big 12. Now we're not in, you know, the AAC that we're actually in the big 12 conference. Who's to say that some guys don't start going to Houston from Texas, from going to other places and things of that nature. I mean, that's, to me, Houston is the diamond in the rough of all of those. And BYU is BYU. They're always going to be good. I think people leave them out sometimes because they're kind of out there by themselves. But BYU has been good forever. I mean, I don't really remember like a a five or 10-year period where you just, oh, BYU is awful. Well, no, they, they, they've never been awful, you know? And so, and then central Florida kind of speaks for itself. They're building their program. You know, they, they got to, I think they went to the peach bowl, I believe and played well, well and won the game. cause I can't think they gave themselves uh, their national championship, but they're going to be good. So I've just, K-State's gotta be, on our P's and Q's and get this thing moving in the right direction. I mean, it is moving in the right direction. Don't get me be wrong, but we got to keep going. You I mean, we can't stop here because those guys are going to be coming in looking to knock us off. Because I can tell you right now, their thinking is we're better than K-State. We're going to come into the conference and we're better than K-State. They're below us. We need to beat them. Well, we need to be on a trajectory to where they can't just come in and, and blow our doors off or think. They can blow our doors off that 's the, the main thing is i, I just I think it 's really, really important that we keep the ball going and knock off as many as we can knock off because um, I, I just think it 's important because those teams that are coming in are good football teams
2: this future conference uh, the members that will be in the future big twelve did really well against the SEC um, i yeah. I state lost to Clemson the you know the big name program the Atlantic Coast Conference, but I'm look. I get it. I, I mean, Iowa State was missing best players, um, and did a great job competing. I mean, they really did. Uh, BYU just wasn't invested in that game, I, I understand. It's the Independence Correct. Bowl after a 10 season. season. Oh, you've been there, right? You, exactly. You, you've been, after yeah. a season doesn't finish up quite the way you thought, and then you crash through the bowl setting, and you end up uh, what was then a not-so-great bowl in the Alamo Bowl in 98. So right. I, I was just blown away by the consistency which, with which this future conference is playing and the defense with which this future conference is playing. Yeah, absolutely. The national media still wants to believe that the Big 12 is all about offense, and and that's true for Oklahoma. They don't play great defense. They still don't. Uh, But they can outscore you, which they did in their bowl victory. But this is going to be an incredibly um, competitive conference from top to bottom. and. It's going to be a blast watching the pecking order get sorted out. Yeah, Cincinnati, Oklahoma State, Baylor all have a jump on everyone because they're in a good spot right now. K-State's trying to get there. Iowa State might be on the decline. We'll see. Matt Campbell's a good coach. I don't think he's as good as everyone thinks, but he's a, he's a pretty mm-hmm. solid coach. He's a great recruiter, um, and that's hurting K-State in itself. But I'm so excited about the future of the conference and K-State football. And I'm going to be blunt. I'm more excited now than I probably have been since Bill Snyder retired the first time around. I really really am. I know they won a title in 2012 after he came back, and that was great. But I didn't see that translating into an ongoing upward trajectory of the program that we had enjoyed for so many years under Coach Snyder. I can see that happening now.
3: Well, and I think it's just where we are with the program and where we were, because I'll be honest, last year, it kind of felt like a bottom-out type of deal. It really did. I know there were circumstances and that kind of thing that, that led to that, but with everything that happened to me, it just seemed like, oh, my goodness, this is, it was getting away from us, you know, and we reeled it back in and got it to back to where I don't think a lot of us – thought that it could get to so quickly, I think that a six and six year, everybody would have said, okay, that's great. You know, getting it back to where, and then thinking, I think that's why everybody was so disappointed at Texas. But a matter of fact, I know that's why everyone was so disappointed after Texas, because man, we could win nine games this year. And last year is what it was. And we could win nine games. That's why everybody was so bummed out when we lost to Texas, and and I think that, and I mean nine games after you know we won a bowl game, but I just think everybody was so bummed out about it and to have the program going the right way. I, it's nothing but excitement, man. You can't, you can't help it. to be exciting. That's why I thought winning the game and winning it in the fashion and who we beat is so important because it's just, it just gives that breath of fresh air and everybody is happy. You just, you know, Hey, we beat them. And I'll, I'll be honest. I thought we should have handled them. Like we did, because if we wouldn't have, I would have been like, oh, man, this this isn't great. You know, they're not playing hardly anybody. I mean, they still have really talented guys. They just don't have a bunch of them. And I go, and here we are. We've got our team and we can't do anything with it. But that's not what happened. We, I mean, literally the game was a blowout. I mean, it was, I mean, we're up 42 to seven. It was a blowout. So, I mean, it's, we whipped them. We whipped them, and I just think everybody feels good. Everybody feels great. Let's keep going. Let's get this second signing period. Let's keep that. Good. First off, let's get uh, Colin hired. Let's do that. Let's fill the positions, and and let's you know keep going with the recruiting. Let's get this second signing period. Let's let's hammer that down and get some more guys in. If we need to get some more transfers, that's even better but let's just keep it all going and keep it all positive because, you know, there'll, there'll be tough days, but we don't need to manufacture the tough days. This is a good time for K-State right now.
2: His name's Brian Hanley. He played offensive line at Kansas State 97 and 98 on those historically great Wildcat teams under coach Bill Snyder. You uh, just won like, what, 22 games in two years. Is that right? Yeah, um, something like yeah, that. Not bad at all. <laughs> um, and he's helped us out now for the second straight season with pregame, postgame podcast. Brian, thank you for a great ride. And I, my New Year's hope is that you'll be back for us in 2022.
3: Absolutely. I will keep coming back as long as you have me. I love doing it. I've gotten to to know a little bit more about you about, um, you know, I'm a kind of an outsider of the K-State program. And when I mean an outsider, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't try to dabble in and and dive in on access because I was a former player. I, I don't, I don't like doing that. I'm a fan. And I enjoy being a fan. So I've gotten to learn a lot about, you know, the K-State fans and interacting with them these last two years. It is really, really fun. You know, some people, they get disgusted with me because I'm I'm pretty blunt. But at the same time, I'm always honest and fair. And I love doing this fit. So I appreciate everything that you've done for me, man.
2: Thank you, my friend, so much. Kansas State wraps up the 2021 season with a victory. In the Texas Bowl to start 2022, 42 to 20 over. That's a lot of 20s, man. 42 to 20 (laughs) over the LSU Tigers to end the season with an 8-5 and mark. It all comes around pretty soon. Next season's non-conference schedule, South Dakota, Missouri and Tulane all visit Bill Snyder family stadium. And when that happens, we will reconvene. Thank you so much to the great folks over there at Caddyshack golf for being our sponsor throughout the year. I am Fitz and make sure you stay tuned to go power cats, power cat podcast, because we're going to continue the discussion about K state football, K state basketball, and all things purple.
1: Thank you for listening to the power cat podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com.